Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com and welcome to the Fitness Show. Folks, I'm so happy to be back here um, chatting with you and I'm sorry there's been a lag between podcasts. My uh, explanation is just pretty simple. Two, th- couple things. I have had no voice. I've been announcing so many races, so many big, beautiful, wonderful races that my voice has been lacking. I think I'm actually at the point now where it's officially permanently an octave lower than it was a couple years ago. So <laughs> me and my deep slash gravelly voice is uh, a new thing for me. Um, hopefully it rebounds over the summer after I'm done with my busy race schedule. But then I'm out and on- announcing all of these races and constantly in airports and you can't record a podcast in the airport. And believe me, I have tried. I have actually sat down in the athletic, the athletic, well, the Atlanta airport is kind of athletic because we have a strict policy amongst my people, my hotties, and hopefully you too, that we do not take the plane train if unnecessary in the Atlanta airport or in any airport. We walk the concourses and walk to get where we want to go, especially if we have leisure time. So maybe we should rename the Atlanta airport the athletic airport because if you go from concourse T to concourse... I, I should know all this by heart, comp course E or F or who knows, it's 0.8 miles. So skip the plane train, 0.8 mile back and forth, back and forth until you got to get on to your next plane or whatever airport you at you are at. Because trust me, so many of them are big enough to get a crazy intense workout in. Detroit is way bigger than I knew. I had to run through Detroit airport Uh back in the fall, and I was shocked. I had thought Detroit Airport was really small because I always fly in and out of the same gate. And then um, in the fall, I had to make a flight with my son to Pennsylvania, and holy cow, we sprinted, and it was a very long, long, long sprint. But nonetheless, big airport, small airport, make it an athletic airport. Um, But yeah, I've actually sat down in the athletic Atlanta airport trying to find myself a quiet little corner and there is no such thing as a quiet little corner in the airport but lack of voice travel schedule a bit of fatigue as you can imagine and then I have two wonderful children and here's my my mom story of the month I'm very very proud of this so my daughter Ginger she's 15 she's a ray of sunshine light of my life happiest girl in the world in fact if I could be absolutely anyone else on the planet I would be Ginger. She is just, she's the sunshine. There's no other other description that fits her. But she decided at the beginning of uh, her freshman year, which has been this year, that she wanted to make the cheerleading team. She'd like to do that. She's a fantastic actress, very heavily involved in the drama program. And I'm always very mesmerized when she's on a stage, whether she has a lead role or a minor part. But she's spectacular, and she decided... She wanted to do cheerleading, so we've been waiting for tryouts to come, and um, about two weeks ago, those tryouts came. It was a Monday evening and Tuesday evening, two-hour block, where the girls would all learn the routines, and then on Wednesday evening, they would 
try out. You know, they'd perform the routine for the judges. Well, Monday she went. And again, it's new to her. She's never, ever done cheerleading in her life. But my mom says things like, you have to be in a sport. You have to be well-rounded. I don't care what sport it is. So this is the one she chose. And she's actually very excited about it. So Monday, she goes, she learns the routine as much as you can in a two-hour window. Very complicated dance routine with all of these arm motions. OMG. (laughs) One of those things where you watch a video and go, holy cow, you have to learn that in two days. But um, a dance routine and two cheers. And then some jumps and things. So Monday she goes and she she's prepared to move forward. And then on Tuesday at noon, I get a call from the school that says, um, hey, we've got your daughter here in the clinic. She's shaking uncontrollably with a high fever. And so I instantly knew exactly what it was because one of her friends, her very sweet, wonderful friend, had told her on Friday that, oh, she was kind of sick. She had thought maybe she had pink eye and I said Ginger don't hang out with her don't do extra stuff because you have a big week next week you have cheerleading you have some tests to take you've got drama performances just don't do the social thing and plus my kids both have asthma so everything's exponentially worth because they suffocate so um but she ignored me I was out of town and she went and hung out with this friend who on Sunday night was hospitalized with the flu So we found out Monday that this friend had the flu. And on Tuesday, when I got the call that said, hey, your daughter's shaking uncontrollably with a high fever, I knew exactly what it was. So I showed up at the school and um, the school resource officer, the deputy, is actually the cheerleading coach. And she is an awesome lady, just firm and um, ethical and fun. She has three daughters. She's a delight, but she's got high standards, which I really admire and want when someone's going to be spending a lot of quality time with my kids. So anyways, I call her out while I'm picking up Ginger and I say, hey, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. And she's looking at Ginger wrapped in this weird blanket, shivering and sick. And I said, she has been dying to try out, um, but I think she has the flu. And, And so she was so nice. She said, well, maybe she could come in with a mask on and try out on the other side of the gym or something. And Ginger was really smart. Ginger said, can I try out via FaceTime? Coach said, sure. So um, Ginger, we went to the doctor. She got swab. It was confirmed that she had the actual flu. It's back. Congratulations, everybody. It's back. (laughs) We found out the rude way. But um, anyways, poor Ginger was sick, throwing up all night, fever. And then the next morning she woke up, she was doing a little bit better, but she watched the videos of the routines. And then about an hour before her tryout, she got up and went through it. And um, she made me leave when the judges were UF cheerleaders, because we're here in Gainesville. The Gators uh, retired UF cheerleaders, so the coach wanted to stay out of it, so she didn't play preference with anyone. She just had the girls try out and get chosen based on skill. But um, sweet ginger bean, she was in the living room. She got the FaceTime call on my phone. I had to go in the other side of the house so I could not hear or see her. But it turns out she rocked it and she made the cheerleading team with the flu. So um, huge highlight for me. And, you know, whether it was cheerleading or lacrosse or I don't know anything, you just want your kids to have what they want, right? When they want to accomplish great things, you're stand by their side and root for them all the way. So now I have a cheerleader, which is actually such a good match for her because she's got more energy and legit enthusiasm for others than I've ever seen. And um, she, the poor, poor little girl gets compared to me quite a bit. People say, oh, you're just like your mom. But 
this is one area where I go, you know what? She's enthusiastic about other people and their success and she's a good cheerleader. And I, I do that too, I think. So if we have to have that, or if she has to have that thing in common with me, then, um, that's not so bad, but I'm very excited to see her doing her thing and, um, yay, yay for me. It's a good mom thing. And I had to fly away at the point where they were going to announce the um, team. I had good confidence she'd make it just because she's awesome, but I wanted to be able to deliver the news to her in person and I didn't get to do that, but oh well. Beggars can't be choosers, right? So anyways, no voice, traveling a lot, doing the mommy thing, which the mommy thing's been awesome. But I want to talk about a bunch of different things. This podcast is going to be all over the place, as you can tell, <laughs> since I started off with an airport and cheerleading story. Um, but I wanted to highlight Star Wars, the Disney Run Disney Star Wars weekend was a lot of fun. I was only able to pop in for about 18 hours because of my schedule, but I had um, thankfully planned by Michael Jones a great hottie dinner. If you are not one of my hotties, please join the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge group on Facebook. It's where I give you exact formula for weight loss, which everybody has access to, but very specific list of workouts to do every single day with video guidance so you never have to worry or wonder, what should I do today? I just tell you what to do and then the it's almost 2,000 people strong and they're the nicest, most supportive group of humans on the planet. Not a, not a mean word's ever been spoken in the group and they're all full of wild success stories too. So if you'd like to be a hottie, we'd love to have you. But We've had, uh, when I travel, when we travel to races, we get together and it's magical. So we had a great hottie dinner in uh, Disney Springs on Saturday night at Disney World. The next morning was a half marathon and a couple highlights of the weekend. A, seeing everybody means so much to me, but uh, it was my Michael-versary. He calls it his Fitz-aversary, but Michael Jones, I met him two years ago at Star Wars Race Weekend. Apparently, he was a little intimidated to talk to me, and he had been really trying to lose weight unsuccessfully, trying every diet on the planet, but we met at a bakery meetup. (laughs) At a bakery, we met, and since then, he's lost over 80 pounds. He's PR'd marathons, half marathons. He's really turned to, he's gone from, you know, fat to fit type thing, overweight to very lean and strong and athletic, and it's, it's been my pleasure, so... Michael makes a big stink of, out of knowing me, but honestly, it's it's really quite an honor to have this guy, and I've never had someone I've coached be so supportive of me. I mean, really, this guy um, shares fitness, shares the exact formula with reckless abandon, and um, really, it's I'm very appreciative of that. I mean, that means a lot to me. I don't expect anyone to do anything for me in return. That's just not how I operate, but he's over generous with his enthusiasm for my business, my teachings. And, you know, he knows I'm super greedy. I want more people to help all the time. And he's constantly bringing me more people to help, which means so much. So happy Michaelversary. Michael did, um, he's been running with the flag, PRing at all of his race this weekend. He, he chose to run with fellow hotties and that looked like a lot of fun. And uh, my, uh, Timothy Powell was one of those who was running with Michael. Jen Blumetti as well. But Timothy has lost over 160 pounds. And Timothy, his first 5K uh, was last May, Mother's Day, at the Ann Arbor 5K. He surprised me there, ran his very first 5K. And that was probably in the middle of his weight loss journey. And um, it was very exciting. He came around the corner. I didn't even know it there. He started on the down low, so I didn't see him. And then... 
as he came towards the finish line screaming, Fitz, hug me, Fitz. I was looking at him squinting, thinking, boy, that looks like Timothy Powell, but Timothy Powell's not here, but apparently was. So I got to be at his first 5K, and then he ran his first 10K at the um, Goddess Half Marathon 10K 5K in Detroit in September, which I was hosting. So that was really fun to be there with him again and give him that finish line hug. And he planned his first half marathon to be at Run Disney Star Wars weekend, a combination of running that first half, plus he's a big Star Wars fan, so it meant a lot to him. But he had... He's been training hard for this, and he uh, he really wanted it. Yeah, it was going to be a very special time. So one of the things that happens with Run Disney is people get overzealous. They register for all the races, too many races sometimes in my book, especially if you're running your half mar- first half marathon. Maybe not such a wise idea to do a 10K the day before, but justifiably people have said, well, I've spent the money and I'm making the trip. I might as well do more than one, which I get, which I understand. But so Timothy did the 10K, absolutely no problem. Had a big fun time with Mr. Michael. And then um, their plan was to take it easy and just enjoy the half marathon. And so again, I came in Saturday night for the dinner. I was going to be there at the half marathon to hug all my people, celebrate all the runners. But then I had to get back out of Dodge to come back home to be with my kids. And uh, I was waiting at the finish line in the Platinum Cheer Squad. And I got a text from Michael with a picture of he and Timothy and Jen. Oh, we we started. We are having fun. Great little hottie picture. Mile three, we're still having fun. You know, mile six, uh, we're slowing down but still doing okay. And then at mile... 10, I think I got a text message from Michael Jones that said, hey, I'm not sure Timothy's going to make it. He's suffering. And then it was maybe at mile 11 where Timothy had said, or no, I'm sorry, Michael texted and said, hey, Jen and I had to go on. Tim may not make it. He may get swept. And you know what? You got to do that sometimes in your own race. You got to do it. It's a big deal for Jennifer. It was her second half marathon. Of course, Michael wanted to finish, and I'm sure Timothy told them, go, go on. But um, I was standing at the finish line thinking, the hell, he's not going to finish this race. And it was so loud where I was because I was at the finish line. So I um, used Facebook Messenger to video call Timothy and he didn't answer at first. I called again, he didn't answer, but then he called me back. And I, uh, I said, Timothy, I don't, I can't hear you, but if you can hear me, dig in. You have got to finish this race. I'm waiting for you, and I can't wait to see you. And um, apparently that was enough for Timothy to have that conversation with himself. Um, You know, I made the call, but he made the decision, and he decided to push it. And then a few minutes later, I get a phone call. No, I didn't get a phone call. I got a message from Michael that said, Timothy just ran past us. (laughs) So I said, catch up. He said, we can't. He's gone. So, um Soon after, I could hear Rudy yelling, ah, Timothy Powell. And uh, then Timothy made his way over for me to me. And we didn't have, we had the barricades were a little too far apart. So we didn't get to hug right there before the finish line. But we got to hold hands and uh, let him know I loved him. And it was pretty fantastic. So you know what? These races are hard. <laughs> they are legit hard. 5K can be damn hard. 10K, damn hard. I mean, all of it. I give 100% respect to all of these distances. And um, they all mean something. And, you know, I've been in the middle of a half marathon where I've thought, oh, my God, what did I do? Why did I do this? Especially at mile 10, I'm always hangry. So, you know, 
I Timothy doing the first half marathon and of course jumping into that 10k the day before which you know people do it we're all suckers for the bling I don't know if it's always the smartest idea is it justifiable perhaps but um he certainly made it and uh it was wonderful to see the pride on his face and you know, um, much like I feel with Ginger, Parker, my kids, I get that same kind of pride with you guys. You know, the fact that I get to have any influence over you and uh, to help you do better, live better, do better, it means so much to me. So um, it, just huge pride. In it. And really, might I say that while that half marathon was so proud, I was so proud of Timothy for that, the most impactful thing of that weekend to me was that Timothy said he had gotten on the airplane on the airplane sat in the seat he did not need an extender and he did not feel like he was making the person next to him uncomfortable he felt like he was a regular sized guy just sitting in the plane and he and he wasn't uncomfortable and and to me that's really the life altering moment um that half marathon athletic accomplishment absolutely but when i can get when I can help people get to the point where they just feel like themselves, like they're not a burden. You know, being very overweight is stressful. There's a lot of not only physical stresses that go on your joints, your heart, your lungs, your spinal column, um, your feet, but then there's those psychological, those mental burdens you wear. It's the clothes you choose. Can I fit in the booth at the restaurant? Can I get in this roller coaster? Am I going to sit down and they're going to ask me to get off? Those are things that, um, you know, when you're not dealing with them, life is better. Life is way better. So where I'm really proud of Timothy's race accomplishment, the fact that he's changed the quality of his daily life means even more. So um, that was great. And then we all, once I had known all of my hotties were across the finish line, all the people I was following, which on the right... RTR Run Tracker. It's really easy to follow your friends. Um, we all went out to the family reunion area, and it's funny because we were taking a big group picture, and we passed a camera phone over to a stranger, and the stranger said, "Oh, do you want to turn? Are you sure you want the potties in the background?" And I think I said, "You know what? This is actually kind of reflective of who we are. So let the potties be back there." And then I turned to the group. I said, "You know, we should get in the potties for a photo," and we did. We all went over to the porta potties this massive line of 50 porta potties and we got in them side by side and um, we had some photos taken in there. Hysterical. They're, they're just so reflective of what a fun group of people I'm dealing with and why I look forward to seeing them. And it was really funny. So we did some shots just walking out of the potty and then I, I was holding up the number one finger because I tend to do that. So Everyone put up their number one or their number two finger. And what I didn't realize, because I was on the end, is Joe Raymond was in the middle sitting on, <laughs> sitting down in one of the potties. So anyways, it's a classic photo. I absolutely love it. Folks, if you run races or if you just hang out in places where the porta potties are, please take some porta potty pics. Try not to touch them. Try not to go Melissa to Stefano and get someone else's poop in your pants. But um yeah, give me that number one finger, the number two finger. I think it's going to be our our uh, awesome photo of triumph, post-race, pre-race, whatever. Hotties and potties, I want to see it. Hashtag hotties and potties. Make sure you tag me and the hottie group and all of them. And that'll make me super very, very, very happy. Um, all right, so moving on. I've had a question 
from someone reached out and said, hey, I'm over 400 pounds trying to get down to about two something. And should I go directly to that 200 person caloric budget? So as you're familiar with the exact formula for weight loss, basically what you do is choose your goal weight, put a zero on the end, and that's your caloric budget. So if you're trying to weigh 155 pounds, your caloric budget daily is 1,000 550 calories. If you don't understand any further than that, you can go back and listen to episode number two, I believe, which is the exact formula for weight loss. And you can go straight to the cover of fitness.com. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com. There's an article right there. It says exact formula for weight loss. You can't miss it. Read it and you'll understand. But anyways, being a 400 pound person, trying to be a 200 pound person, that deficit may hit you hard. Um, so yeah, feel free if you're making um if you're trying for massive weight loss to set smaller goals with your caloric budget. So you know maybe he wanted to go to thirty two hundred calories first and and get down to that three hundred twenty pound mark before he dropped his budget down to two hundred twenty six hundred calories. So you know um, it's personal. You get to choose. But yeah, I think going from being a 400-pound person, having only 2,000 calories a day, would you drop weight ferociously fast? Absolutely. But would there be some extra suffering involved? Probably. And I don't really want you to suffer. One of the nice things about the formula is, A, first, it's wildly effective. It will definitely get you where you want to go. But number two, the people using it always say, you know what? It's easy to follow. I'm not restricted as of what foods I should have, even though I know I should lean towards healthy foods, and I'm never hungry. And it's that I'm never hungry. I never feel like I'm suffering or being punished by a diet or anything. That means a lot to me. So be gradual with your decrease in caloric intake if you're trying to lose a massive amount of weight. Next up, I want to talk about ownership of failure. And so we have a lot of success. People using the formula, again, if you stick with it, you, you will see the scale move. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes you'll lose four pounds in a week and three pounds the next week and two pounds and then the scale will get stuck for a few weeks. And that's just, it's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. And I wish I could explain it other than that's what happens. And if you stay the course, if you don't get frustrated and quit, eventually the weight will fall off. And I've seen this historically in my career. I've been doing this for almost 30 years, right? So people lose the four pounds, the three pounds, the two pounds, the three pounds, and they're on a roll and they're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to disappear any day now. And the weight loss stops for a few weeks. I don't know why, but it just does. And um, they'll talk about, oh, I should quit. Well, remember what your old habits got you? Your old habits got you into a body where you weren't happy with. Your old habits got you weight gain. Your old habits got you unfit. So if you stick with the habits I'm giving you, they're guaranteed to make you leaner, faster, stronger, all of those things. You just have to stick with them, even though the pace isn't always exactly the way you want it. But um, but yeah, I get these people through the, the three weeks, you know, and that's the hard part when the scale's not moving. You're doing the right thing and you're not getting those exciting results. But if you stick with it, results will come. And so it's usually, you know, three weeks goes by of frustration and then boom, four pounds falls off. So I don't know why our body releases it. And I just, I wish I could explain that. I'm full of explanations for other things. But the moral of the story is if you go back to what you used to do, you'll go back to who you were and worse. If you stay with my program, if you stick with the formula, you will eventually get where you want to go. Sometimes the road is, you know, full of speed bumps and that's fine. Um, But the ownership of failure, this is one of the greatest things, is that people recognizing, oh, I gained three pounds, but that was my fault. I I blew it. I, I for to stop using the formula or I went on vacation and I was reckless. 
Lori Oliveri, she went to Disney for that Star Wars week and I think weekend, and I think she stayed longer, but she came back and she said, I'm 10 pounds more. 10 pounds, Lori! That makes me want to tackle you and spank you or tickle you or something like that. <laughs> what? 10 pounds. However, she said, I blew it. I own it. And now um, we're about a month out, maybe less, and she's already lost the 10 pounds. She got back home and she got to work and she undid the damage that was done. And so that really means a lot to me. And folks, you're going to go on vacation or your cat's going to die or your mom's going to die or something's going to happen. It's not ever a good excuse to gorge. It's not ever a good excuse to let go of your house. Someone dies and it's, you know, unhealthiness or um, trauma leads to death. Why would you be reckless with your health? Because somebody else is unhealthy. Um, You're using your job stress as a reason to make yourself physically worse. It just doesn't make any sense. So you can choose to be reckless because you're angry about your job or your dead cat or you know, your cheating spouse, whatever it is, but it's a dumb excuse. It's a, it's just an excuse. That's what it is. It's not a legitimate cause for you to make bad decisions unless you truly want to gain some weight and get unfit. That's your call. Again, those are all your issues. My issues is to say, hey, this is the truth. This is a science. This is what makes you better. And if you choose to reject, reject that information, that's your call. Um, but I, I hope you won't. And when you do, Make stupid decisions. Boy, like Lori, I really love it when you own it and say, dang it, I blew it. I'm never, ever, ever going to do that again. In fact, her daughter, Mel Bishop, she also had put on 10 pounds in early spring and they're gone now. She's fought to get them off and, and she's really making great progress. So with the ownership of your success and your progress and all the exciting things, it's really important that you own the stupid moves you make, because that makes you less likely to repeat those stupid mistakes. And it just is what it is. You know, when I go to UF and I talk to the graduating seniors about how I built my business and give them business tips, I tell them about my stupid mistakes. And I tell them why I was so dumb and the dumb ideas I had and why they were wrong. And really, the reason I do that is because I don't want them to repeat my mistakes. And so I own them and I share them. I share them willingly and uh, they they benefit. So please keep that in mind. Every dumb thing, every dumb thing you say, every dumb thing you do, recognize it. And then you can move on from there and hopefully you will. Just move on and do better. That's all the expectations. No one expects you to be perfect. No one expects you to be flawless. Um, but we do expect you to learn you know, once you know better, do better. And repeating the same old mistakes, man, that's a bad idea. Speaking of bad ideas, running sick. We saw a lot of people at Walt Disney World Marathon this year running sick. I've the, It was flu season. Everyone had the flu and people were running. You know, the reason we run, of course, a lot of people run because they think it's fun and stuff. But one of the more important reasons we run is to be healthy. And so we protect the health first. And we know that if you're sick, Going out for a 13-mile or a 10-mile run is bad for your health. That's going to wear you down, break you down. I don't care if you have invested financial dollars into this event or plane tickets or you have trained for a long time. If you are sick, legit sick, don't do it. Just don't. Don't put yourself at risk. We don't want the medical tents, the ambulances to be filled with you. That's not healthy. That's not improving your health. If you're out sick, 
and you're out there touching resources, touching the porta potty doors, touching the water cups or whatever, you're making other people sick. And that's not why people show up for races. I saw a lot of people require months to recover from the foolish mistakes they made in January with racing sick. So please don't. If you're sick, if you've got a stomach bug, if you've got a flu, if you've got bronchitis, rest. Rest is part of the deal. You know, we rest a healthy body at night to help it recover from our busy day. And when you're down, when your body is torn up from illness, you require rest. And again, if we're focused on health, you will be intelligent about this. Now, mind you, if you got a cold and you can go out for a walk or you can walk an event, fine. You keep your germs to yourself. You keep washing your hands. You don't touch anybody. You don't hug anybody. You don't shake a hand. You stay to yourself and you go along your business. But um, so you can stretch, you can strength train. If you can do it in the privacy of your own home, even better because spreading the germs is mean. Um, so not all, all illnesses are created equal, but again, if you're going to participate in something that's going to make you sicker and weaker, that's not why we're there. If you're going to participate in a way that makes other people sick or weak or tears them down, that's not fair. They've got jobs. They've got families. They've got little asthmatic kids that they don't want to pass their germs on to. So please <sighs> use your best judgment. And then I saw a photo. Um, I think it was Chad Warrick posted up. Maybe I'm giving Chad credit for it because he's so fun and always posts things, but Planet Fitness is serving pizza on occasion. I don't know if it's once a month or once a week, but he put a picture of a bunch of pizza boxes lined up at his gym, I think on a Friday night, and there's a big debate. You know, some people think how atrocious it is and how damaging it is to health, and to me, they're just saying, hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously. You can be healthy, you can get an exercise, and you can have a slice of pizza once in a while. I fully support that, guys. You know that. We don't remove entire food groups. And if you're eating wisely and using your caloric budget, absolutely you can fit in a slice of pizza. Can you fit an entire pizza into your caloric budget? Probably not. I don't care who you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, fitness is all about wise moderation, you know, eating wisely, making more good choices and bad, exercising often, cardio, strength, balance, flexibility, getting rest removing the angry, mean people from your life. So I am in support of this planet fitness thing. It just really kind of tamps things down and allows people to be people, relax a little bit. Finally, I wanted to address my May schedule. So it is May 10th right now as I record this podcast. This weekend, I will be hosting the Ann Arbor 5K. It's Ann Arbor Goddess 5K on Mother's Day, which is such a wonderful event. I've hosted it, I think, three years in a row. This might be my fourth. This might be my third. I think this is my fourth, but it's a wonderful love fest. And um, that's the one, if you see pictures of me in a teal tutu, that's that event. Our charity partner is Myoka, the Michigan Ovarian Cancer Association. And uh, it's a real touching event. It's a 5K and a one mile race. And so we have a lot of people just out running the regular race because they want to do a 5K or want to do a one mile. But we also have plenty of um, ovarian cancer survivors taking part. Sometimes we have ovarian cancer patients taking part and it's emotionally, um, it's emotional. You know, it's tough. It's tough to see these women that are so sick. And what I really, what I really admire about some of them is they get uh, diagnosed with this really mean disease, yet they choose to live. And part of that is signing up for this race. You know, I met a 
woman, Heather, a couple years ago, who, a mother of two, she showed up with a, a very short haircut. She had clearly lost her hair to chemotherapy. And um, she chose to live, and it was exciting. It was wonderful to welcome her, <laughs> see her off, welcome her through her finish line. She did pass away a few months later, um, but I'm proud to have met her, proud to know her. She was a highlight of my year and someone I still, you know, has. she still has a special place in my heart. And um, we have some women who are, you know, they're going through it. They're in wheelchairs being pushed by their very brave families. And it's just, it's just special. You know, y'all are so special. And I'm so very grateful to meet such extraordinary people every single race weekend. It, it, it never gets lost on me how fortunate I am to be with you. And I always wish I could know the story of every runner on our courses or every walker because they're pretty, uh, always pretty interesting, always very inspiring. So this weekend, Ann Arbor 5K. The next weekend, I'm hosting the Ann Arbor Marathon, which is new to me. It's owned, newly owned by Epic Races. And that's the event, that's the uh, race organization that puts on the Goddess events as well. So they're bringing me in for this uh, marathon. I'm very excited for I've heard wonderful things, and I believe we our finish line is on one of the fields at the University of Michigan. Go Blue! Go Wolverines! I can say that even though I'm a Gator. I can even say Go Spartans. I say things like Go Go Knolls, Go Roll Tide. I can I can spread all the love to all the teams because you know what? If you're going to school, you're getting an education, you're more likely to get a job. You're less likely to be on welfare and suck off the taxpayers. So I support every single school in the country, whether it's an elementary school, a high school, a vocational school, a college. Go make yourself employable, support yourself for the rest of your life, and I am a fan of you and your team. So, But I'm really excited about the Ann Arbor Marathon, and they've got extraordinary runner clubs up there. I have a lot of hotties joining me. So that I'm looking forward to. And then at the end of the month, Memorial Day, I have the Buffalo Marathon Half Marathon Relay, the John Beachline 5K, which is part of the Buffalo Marathon. We got the Buffalo Kids, which I call them my baby buffaloes. And new this year is the Ruffalo Stampede. So the race director, Greg um, Weber, who's become a great friend of mine, he reached out a few months ago and says, hey, what if we do a dog race? I said, oh, I love it. And then I said, you should call it the Ruffalo Stampede. And he said, okay. So it's the first, na- first race I've ever had influence on naming. But we have 200 dogs registered. And they will obviously come um, along with their owners, their loved ones. So 200 dogs. Only the dogs will get the race bibs. Only the dogs will get the medals. In fact, the dogs will get, I believe it's a, uh, a bandana. And then the metal, it's so cute. So Buffalo should be amazing. I have tons of friends, um, Shane, Beth, Dave, Eileen, Lori, Amy, so many people coming to do the Buffalo races. But Buffalo Marathon, that Sunday, is on my birthday. So what better way to spend my birthday than with thousands and thousands of gritty people, happy people, running people. I love doing the work that I do. So I'm really excited by that opportunity. So I hope you guys will join me for both Epic Races in Michigan and Buffalo. The discount code is FITZNESS. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S. And if you use FITZNESS at any Epic Race, they will take off a discount. I can't remember what the discount is. Same thing goes for Buffalo. 
But uh, I'm really excited to see you all. If you're listening to this and we've never met before and you're showing up to any of my events soon, or even if you see me at the grocery store, whatever, um, reach out, introduce yourself. I love to meet my audience and uh, more more fit people, more people that are trying hard. Because you know what? I do not enjoy slackers, but y'all aren't slackers. You are the people that are trying to become better. And that's those are the people I want to hang out with and associate with. So anywho, I'm going to try to do much better, as I've said before, recording podcasts. I, I pledge this to you again. My, my heart is always in this and hopefully my voice and my time allowance will be too. So my friends, don't forget, follow me at fitness on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. I'm not really active on Pinterest. Why did I say that? Anyways, follow my morning mile program. If you have any friends at schools in Broward County, Nashville, Portland, San Diego, or Chicago, Under Armour has just sponsored 50 morning mile programs for 50 schools in those regions, please reach out to me if you know of any schools that would like to get moving in the morning. And um, last but not least, team, get to work. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's Marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, Morning Milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The Morning Mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting MorningMile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's MorningMile.com. Long may you run.